If, um, well, last Sunday we kind of spoke on these same scriptures, but um, uh, spoke and, and we put it together at the end, you know, untie your donkey. <laughs> the idea of going ahead and understanding where God is taking us and going there and, as it were, bringing back into the present the faith and what we need to move us on down the road to get us down, down the rest of our journey. Well, today being Palm Sunday, um, you know, we always call it the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. And sometimes whenever we think of it, or I think of the triumphal entry, it's not much to give, and, and uh, please put it into context, there, this coming week there's going to be a lot of things going on in the life of Jesus. Now, it would appear that this would be a great triumph. I mean, Lazarus has been raised from the dead. He is entering into Jerusalem, and people are crying, Hosanna. They are laying their palm leaves down. They're laying their coats down. And they are proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah. And he's, as it were, triumphantly entering into Jerusalem. And the challenge for us is that we have to see that Jesus is seeing beyond this week. <laughs> he's seeing beyond what is about to happen in the coming days. And uh, whenever we would see how that Jesus in this, this coming week, there would be the plot to kill him. There would be Judas and his betrayal. There would be the Garden of Gethsemane where they would come and arrest him. The soldiers would come and take him away and his disciples would uh, flee for their own lives. There would be the scourging, the whipping, the the punching, the pulling out of his beard. There would be the crown of thorns. There would be his crucifixion, his death. I mean, in one sense, why would we consider this a triumph? Because we look at it and we remember and we know that there is a resurrection. And in our life, as we look back, we see how that God is going through all of this. And at the time, the disciples didn't know what was going on. I mean, Jesus had tried to prepare them, but they still didn't quite, they didn't understand it until after it happened and until after the day of Pentecost. And certainly Lazarus, who has been risen, who, is, who also was raised from the dead by the power of Christ, that he would have been in the same conflict. He could raise me from the dead, and yet he, find, uh, uh, he would be betrayed and crucified and die. I mean, these things were just seemingly impossible to understand in, in that moment of time. Well, how many times have we looked at our own life and seen the difficulties that we face, and in this difficulty, we don't feel too triumphant? You know, we don't feel like there is any meaning or purpose to where we are at. But the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ is one that causes us to refocus, not on what immediately is happening, but on the outcome that we believe that God wants to bring in our life. And so as we begin to refocus, we, we, not, we not only see the, the discouragement and the trials and the difficulties that we're facing, but we also see the promises that God has given to us. And this is where... Um, the title, Untie Your Donkey. Jesus, you know, enters into Jerusalem, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. 
But he tells his disciples to go to a certain place and you're going to find a donkey there. Untie it and bring it here. Well, for us, I, I thought of um, some of the scriptures that we would quote. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's like we're facing a difficulty and we're believing for a scripture that is out here somewhere where we're going to be triumphant over the difficulty, but we're not there yet. But we got to go get that donkey, bring it back, and ride it into that situation. And we've got to, um, how about Jeremiah 29.11, Ruth? <laughs> she always would quote this. I say this because, this is the prophet Jeremiah saying, I say this because I know the plans. Okay? Now, Jeremiah is quoting God in this. I say this because I know the plans I am planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, plans for, the, for your peace and for your security. Not, not, everybody say not, not plans to hurt you. Or for your harm. I will give you hope. I will give you hope. Ready? I will give you hope. I will give you hope. You see, I will give you hope and a good future. So that's kind of like in the moment, we're, we're riding into Jerusalem, as it were, riding into the most difficult time perhaps of our life and where people are going to leave us, betray us, people are going to hurt us, people are going to, all this stuff is going to go wrong. But you know, we're, we're writing a promise that says, God has plans for me. God has a future for me. God has a, God has a plan that doesn't include hurting or harming. He has peace. Hmm. He has peace for us and a good future. Amen. Thank you very much. I was waiting for that. <laughs> that was a punchline. Amen. <laughs> a good future. God has a good future for us. And so as we begin to see this, uh, you know, <laughs> what donkey are you riding? <laughs> now, I won't go there. Uh, what donkey are you riding? Uh, the donkey of discouragement? Are, it's bad now and it's going to get worse in the future? <laughs> I, I failed at this, so I will fail at that. It didn't work out for this. It won't work out for that. And you know our government, it's a mess. It's only going to get worse. You see the donkeys that we ride? I won't ask you how many listen to the news. <laughs> you know, they're donkeys or elephants, whichever one you want. Uh, they, they don't have much for their future. You know, you've got to be against something in order to get somewhere. We don't have to be against someone. We have to be for someone. God is for us, not against us. God has a plan for us. And whenever we can't see the plan, we're generally focused on the problem. And if Jesus, you know, the scripture says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus came into this week knowing everything that was going to transpire, but he didn't back away from it. Jesus came riding a donkey, not a war horse. He didn't ride a, a white stallion. 
He didn't ride a white stallion down the streets of Jerusalem as a conquering king. He came riding a donkey. And he came as a different kind of king. He came to establish a kingdom that was different than what the people were expecting. See, in our lives, we are expecting something. But is, is the donkey we're riding the same donkey that takes us to our expectation? Or is it the donkey of defeat that walks in circles? You know, sometimes I think of the, in, in countries where they have a donkey tied to a, a rail and they just keep going in circles. And it's either drawing water or doing something. It's a mundane duty trying to just get them to get them to uh, maintain their work and there'll be maybe a child or something riding on them and prodding them to go in their circle. How many many people know that some people ride in circles? (laughs) It's like a rocking chair. You're always in motion, but you're not getting anywhere. You know, it's like worry. You're always in motion, but you're not getting anywhere. So when you ride those donkeys, you're riding, I'm, I'm moving, I'm moving, but it's not going anywhere. Well, Jesus, whenever he entered into Jerusalem, Jesus came to fulfill his calling. Now, a question is, God has a plan for us. Is this difficulty part of the plan? Is this miracle part of the plan? And if we believe that God has a plan, God has a purpose, then we need to go ahead and get the promise that's over here that's going to give us that aha moment that all of this did come together for good. You know, the disciples, after the resurrection, after the, coming, after the day of Pentecost, they looked back at the crucifixion and, and all the things that took place, and it was like, aha, now we know. And all along, Jesus was trying to prepare them Give them this hope that it was all okay out here, but I'm, I got to go through this. I think of the woman at the well when Jesus said, I have to go through Samaria. Why? Because there was a woman that was coming to the well there that Jesus needed to meet because she would be a key person for winning that entire region to Christ but she would not be someone that anybody else would go and recruit. Jesus knew her heart, and he went to rescue her from herself and from all the mistakes and failures of her life. So he, he, um, he was not afraid of what was coming because he knew that God, he, was, he had come there to fulfill the plan of God, so he was riding into Jerusalem no matter how much these people are crying out Hosanna and everything else, he's there riding into it. He's there going into this week of this hell week in which darkness would proclaim their ability to win, their ability to somehow thwart the plan of God and kill Jesus. The, the, all the... All the Demons of hell were celebrating what they were about to accomplish, the, the, the destruction of the Son of God. And Jesus, he just went along with it because evil didn't know that they were fulfilling the plan of God. 
If evil had known what was happening, they would have never had Jesus crucified. But evil can't see beyond their own evil desires and their own selfishness. Evil can't see beyond its ability to destroy. Jesus sees beyond all of the destruction to who we can be. To the, not, uh, he doesn't look at our sins. He looks at our, uh, the faith and the plan that he has for us. And that plan has a purpose. And the purpose has a future. And the future is heaven. So if heaven is my home, then I can go through these difficulties knowing that I am always safe. God has a plan and nothing can separate me from the love of God. No difficulty can remove me from his presence or from his hand. So therefore, in the difficulty, I'm writing the promises. <laughs> I'm living the promises. Well, what about all the pain? I'm living the promises. The stripes and the, and the uh, beating that Jesus would take upon himself, he did so because it was for the healing of the nations. By his stripes, we are healed. So every time he received those stripes, he was thinking of our healing as he's dying on the cross and, and his blood is shed, he was thinking of the blood of Christ, which is the Lamb of God that washes away the sin of the world. While he was dying, he was thinking of you. While he's riding into Jerusalem, knowing that the week ahead of him, what it holds, he was thinking of us. It was a triumph. It was a triumph because hell would be defeated by the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Jesus and his followers, his disciples, were coming close to Jerusalem. They came to the town of Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives. From there, Jesus sent two of his followers and said to them, Go to the town you can see there ahead of you. Bethany, Bethpage, or some other village that was right near. And when you enter it, you will quickly find a colt tied which no one has ever ridden. Now, that should alert us that something's going on here. One, Jesus knows the plan. So his riding into Jerusalem wasn't a mistake. His coming into Jerusalem and being there for that week wasn't a failure on his part to see the plot that was coming against him. He knew what was happening, and he rode into it knowing the outcome. You see, we ride into our difficulties knowing the outcome. I know the outcome. Why? Because I know the God who knows the plan has a plan for us. God has a plan, and God outlines his plan for us in his word, that I have a place for you. I have a purpose for you. I have a destiny for you. Don't allow the difficulties to enter into your plans. Don't allow the difficulties to trip you up. You see, when Jesus was writing the uh, Pharisees in one of the other Gospels, I believe it's Mark, this is Mark, Luke. I think it's Luke's. Anyhow, Jesus, Jesus talks about, it's written there that... Um, Pharisees said, tell, tell Jesus, why don't you cause these guys, to tell these people to be quiet? Because they're, they're talking about you being the Messiah. <laughs> you know, we know you're no Messiah. And Jesus said, if they keep their peace, the rocks are going to cry out. Jesus is able to 
he has authority over the over life the animal kingdom because here's a donkey that's never been ridden and he has it brought to him he tells them tell them the master the owner of that donkey needs needs the needs the donkey Jesus is the owner of all things he is a creator of all things what is there that doesn't belong to God People, us, we are stewards, caretakers of things. We don't own them. At some point in time, somebody else is going to have them. some point in time, somebody else is going to have it. We're just caretakers. God is the owner. So go and get the donkey. The owner needs him. So they bring this donkey. I don't know if you've ever been around animals. <laughs> But uh, generally, animals that have never been ridden aren't broken to a bridle or to a saddle or to someone riding on them. <laughs> Wasn't Jesus afraid of being bucked off? Did he have the disciples get on it and test drive it? <laughs> test ride it? No. Yeah. They, just, they brought the donkey and Jesus was able to get on the donkey and ride it into town. And Jesus is also saying that the donkey is able to come to me and it's calm and it's at peace. <laughs> calm and at peace. It kind of goes along with the plan that God has for us. It's one for peace. Prosper. We be in health. Okay. Then we have the God. Jesus says, well, if people don't speak up, the rocks will cry out. You know, it says in the scriptures that in the end times that um, the earth will be as a woman in travail. <laughs> that the earth will be, as it were, quaking and, and rocking. And yet the, the Christ is coming back. Even the earth will have a response to the return of Christ. So we find that everything belongs to God and who are we to say to God, you can't bless me that way. God is saying, nothing is impossible with me. What is it that you need? See, the triumphal entry is more than just Jesus riding a donkey and people laying their coats and their palm branches on the, on the, on the ground. It's Jesus triumphing over death, hell, and the grave. It's Jesus being victor over the people who would try to destroy him. It's Jesus being able to deal with anyone and everyone that he trusts and puts his love and faith in, abandoning him. The people he came, the people he created will curse him and tell him to get off of the cross. People will mock him. They will take his garment that is only put earthly possession and gamble for it. And what does Jesus do? He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, whenever we are riding the promise that when people hurt us, we're, we're writing the promise of forgiveness. Father, forgive them because it feels like they know what they're doing. It hurts like they know what they're doing, but I, I pray, God, that you will 
allow me, help me to forgive them and to let it go. Because what I need in forgiveness is still in front of me. And I cannot allow the pain of yesterday to interfere with the promises that God is taking me to till tomorrow. <laughs> so the disciples, they went into town. They found the colt in the door, uh, 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 near the door of the house and untied it. And the people came out and says, what are you doing? Challenge. <laughs> what are you doing believing for something good to come out of this bad situation? What are you doing? Have you lost your mind? No, I found it. <laughs> I haven't lost anything. I found the truth. I found a promise. I found faith. I found God's promise and that what he has bestowed, what he has blessed me with and put in my heart, and he is there causing this to come about and making good come into my life. Do we have faith enough to send for the donkey? <laughs> Do we have faith enough to send for the donkey? Do we have faith enough to believe the promise that says, I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee? Can we send for that promise to come to where I'm at and ride that, as it were, into the difficulty? God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Can we send for that? and bring it to where we are at and say, God is going to provide for me. I'm going to ride this into tomorrow and, and the rest of my life. When I feel lost and I've come to the fork in the road, <laughs> and as Yogi Bear said, not Yogi Bear, <laughs> Bear, anyhow, he's not a, never mind. So anyhow, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. We're going to know which way to turn. We're going to know which way to go because there is a God who leads us and guides us. So I'm going to ride that promise to where God wants me to be. Some people were standing there and said, what are you doing? <laughs> the answer, the, they answered the way that Jesus told them to, which is the owner, the owner wants it. Jesus owns all things. He's the creator of heaven and earth. So they brought, the G they brought the colt to Jesus and put their coats on it, and Jesus sat on it. So it's, it's kind of interesting that the people who, were prob who probably were there were the poor, were the ones who probably didn't have much but their coats and their palm branches that they were able to break off and they laid them in front. Jesus was accepting of their gifts. Jesus was accepting of their gifts, and he received them. So no matter how poor we are, no matter what we possess, as we lay it before the Lord, he is accepting of our gifts, and he, in that, in that as it were, the donkey riding, walking on this this coatway, this carpeting of, of garments and palm branches, it's a way of saying to us, he receives our praise. He receives our adoration. No matter how poor we are, how little it may seem to be, God is worthy to receive and he accepts what we have to offer. 
The people were walking ahead of Jesus and behind him shouting, shouting, praise God, Hosanna. God bless, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. They welcomed his person. They welcomed the personage of Jesus Christ. They welcomed God. Now, it's often said that the same people who did the welcoming did the crying out by the Pharisees and uh, the religious rulers that uh, crucify him, crucify him. And it is thought that this it's not true. There were two different crowds. That this crowd was a, was a crowd that was saying from their own hearts and that this is, this is the Messiah. They weren't prodded. They weren't pushed. They were just in adoration, honoring Jesus Christ. This other group, they were paid. They were prodded. They were pushed. They wanted favors from the, from the Sanhedrin and from the Pharisees and from the temple guard. They wanted, fa- they, wanted, they wanted life to continue as it was. But when Jesus enters our life, see, that's why we have to challenge where we are going and where we're at. Because when Jesus enters our life, when Jesus is there with us, everything changes. And that's why we have to have a change of mind and change of heart. We have to change the way we see things. We have to change our expectations. Not because I'm going to make it better. God is going to make it better. (laughs) Do you know whenever I have faith, my faith is in the character of God. What is it like? What is God like? He's not vengeful. He's not trying to get even with me. He's not trying to hurt me. He's not trying to get me to lose course. You see, he loves. He forgives. He redeems. He brings us back. He lets us know he has a plan and a purpose. So when I have faith, I am believing in the, in the character of God that God has a purpose for me and though it appear to me in my natural vision and my natural thinking, this is not a good week. <laughs> this is not a good week. They're going to beat me, betray me, crucify me. This is not a good week. And Jesus is saying, yes it is. I have a plan for you. For the joy that is set before him, he endures the cross. For the suffering and pain and and the difficulties that we're in we have jesus in our heart and our mind and what is he telling us he's saying i have a plan for you i have a purpose for you i have a reason for this difficulty now send ahead (laughs) go out here somewhere where you can look back and say god you made a difference in that day you made, a, you made something good out of that disaster. So I'm coming up here claiming the promise and coming back here and saying, I will live the promise now because Jesus has come into my life and made everything new. Amen. Thank you very much. Let's stand. <laughs> You know, it's, 
When in, in Colossians, Paul says that when you were spiritually dead because of your sins and because you were not free from its power, God made you alive in Christ and he forgave all of your sins and all of your transgressions. Wednesday night, uh, we had the community service here and Pastor Ron Sinclair, he, made, he had this illustration. He said, in, in Africa, there was this child fell into a pit, kind of a large pit, I guess, and a woman went in to rescue her. Well, unbeknownst to the, both of the, the child and to the woman, there was what was called the black mamba, which is a very, very poisonous snake. Well, the snake bit the woman and then bit the child. Well, when they got them out of there and took them to the hospital, the woman died and the child lived. And they said, well, why? How did that happen? The woman took most of the poison from the snake and the child just got a little bit of it and the child survived. In our life, Jesus Christ took the large portion of the poison of sin and he took it upon himself. And although we have sin in our life, his taking it upon himself, dying upon the cross, his blood cleanses us from all sin. The power of sin is broken, the power of death, hell, and the grave, the power of things being misunderstood, and the power of wrong people and wrong living and wrong at all that is broken because we live in the power of Christ. His forgiveness, we don't die because of the poison of our sinful nature. In Christ, we are made alive, and that sinful nature is washed clean. Amen? Amen. Jesus, we thank you that you have heard our prayers. And God, you have given us life and purpose. You have taken our sin upon you. You have given us a new life and a new hope. You've given us encouragement and peace. And Lord, your promises are renewed every day. And so we renew ourselves in our faith and in you, Lord, knowing that you will take care of us. You have prepared a place and you've prepared a way for us. So Lord, let us refocus. Let you, O oh God, cause us to see more clearly, to understand more completely, that when we apply your promise and your purpose to our life, events and what they look like change. So we believe, Lord. We believe, Lord. We believe for your forgiveness, your salvation, your restoration. We believe for your plan and purpose to be lived out through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Rhonda has palms for you. Happy Palm Sunday. <laughs> Next week's Easter, don't forget.